Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. We have the pleasure of hanging out in the Bible today right here. And I titled this Christmas message, uh, The Christmas Scandal. And there's a lot of scandal around Christmas and it's on purpose. God did it on purpose. And it's even in the Christmas story And that's not really what we're going to talk about, the actual Christmas story, but I do want to read it. And we're going to begin with this verse. It's Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And right there is scandal. Not, I believe this happened, but I mean, think about Mary. She's this young girl. And she finds out she's pregnant. She's not married yet. And she's pregnant by God because it had to happen that way because Jesus always existed. He's God the Son. He came to earth, took upon himself flesh, born as a baby, so he could save us. He came to the cradle to go to the cross. And so now here she is. She has to tell her fiancé she's pregnant. And she tells him, and he rolls his eyes like... Yeah, right. He doesn't believe her. He says, we were never together. Who's the other man? And he's really, really upset. And that's how scandal would have been in Bible days. I was thinking about uh, today, and I'm not saying this to shame anyone. Today, if someone has a child out of wedlock, there's not a whole lot of shame connected. But I remember my mom and dad, their generation. My mom and dad, if they were alive, they'd be in their early 90s. Um, But when they got married, they had my brother Jim immediately, nine months later, and my mom said all the relatives were counting. How many months was it? And they're, they're all shaming them. And my, mom's, my mom was holier than Mother Teresa. So she's like, she's like, no, no, it's a honeymoon baby. And I just remember that shame. So now guys, take it back to Bible days. And there was so much shame that was gonna come on Mary. And Joseph is thinking, I'm, I'm gonna get out of this. Because who would have believed God would do something like that? So listen to what happens, Matthew 1 and verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. He wasn't gonna, he didn't believe her, wasn't gonna stay with her. They're engaged at the time. Listen to verse 20. But after he had considered this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let's just finish this story out. Listen to verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. He just did everything the angel told him. And I guess if an angel appeared to us, we'd get it, right? We'd say this, this is from heaven. And then they had other kids. So Jesus had a bunch of half brothers and sisters, but He came from heaven, and that's how this had to happen. But there's even more scandal in the birth of Jesus than this small amount, and we're going to talk about that today. And before we just open it up, I want to give you my big idea for this lesson. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever, and it goes like this. 
Jesus ex exchanged our scandal for his status. This is huge. So our scandal would be all of the sin, past, present, and some we're going to do in the future because none of us are perfect. And he took our scandal, he exchanged it for his status. And one of the best verses in the Bible to show us this, listen to this, 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that's Jesus, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And that phrase might become, guys, it's coming from one Greek word. And you know what, how that Greek word's translated everywhere else in the New Testament? To be born. And, and you and I, we're supposed to grow in righteousness. We're supposed to become more and more like Christ. But we were born righteous. And that's why we can become more like Christ. There was a birth that took place inside of you. And so Jesus exchanged our scandal for his status. The Living Bible says it this way. Uh, same, same verse. For God took the sinless Christ and poured into him our sins. Then in exchange, he poured out our God's goodness into us. That is absolutely amazing. And you know, I think, I, I'm talking for myself now. I think sometimes we become so used to this. Uh, we, we, it's sometimes almost becomes white noise to me. I mean, this is a miracle. I mean, God gave us his righteousness. He made us holy, blameless, and, and without fault before him. And he took all of our sins. And I am convinced that one of the reasons God brought scandal into this story was he wanted to show us what he would do for each and every one of us and what he has done. So I want to talk about the genealogy of Jesus. And, and here's what's crazy. Listen to this. Jesus has four scandalous female relatives and they made his genealogy. And that's absolutely mind-blowing in Bible days. So let me help you understand it. In Bible genealogies, women are never mentioned. It's always men. But God saw to it that women were put in there, and he didn't just put the good ones. He could have. He didn't put Sarah and Rachel and Leah. He put four scandalous women who had a lot of scandal around. He did that for a reason. And I want to make sure you understand why women were not put in the genealogies. God has to work with culture, right? And in Bible days, he worked with the culture that was there. Here's something you and I want to understand. When Adam and Eve sinned, God told them what would happen because of their sin. He didn't pronounce this on them. He said, this is what's going to happen because now the man has a sin nature, the woman has a sin nature. He said to Eve, he said, your husband is going to rule over you. That word rule is the same word you use when you talk about a master ruling over a slave. That's not the will of God. That's not what God said. That's not his punishment. He said, now that a man has a sin nature... He will try to rule over his wife. And the wife, because she has a sin nature, a lot of wives are going to submit to that abuse. And so Jesus came to break all that. That's why if you were to go, uh, say, into an Islamic country, even a moderate one like Saudi Arabia, women are still second-rate citizens in a country like that. But you come into a country like this, some other Western countries where the, the gospel, the, the Bible is brought in, God begins to break, I call that the curse of Genesis. He begins to break that curse because that is not the heart of God. Guys, that's why in the Bible, the Bible says, husbands, love your wife in the same way that Jesus loved the church. Why did he give us that command? He's wanting us to supersede, to break that terrible curse that came because of sin. So I, I want you to realize the heart of God, and we'll see it when we close, 
the heart of God and, and how he sees women raised together with men in Christ Jesus. And that's really, really important. But in Bible days, this was scandalous. So listen to Matthew chapter one, verse one. This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus, the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. This is his earthly gene genealogy. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Now, Abraham became the first Jewish person. God pulled him out of the nations. He became the first Jew. And then he had Isaac. And then Isaac was the father of Jacob. His name was changed to Israel later. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. So Jacob had these 12 sons. They became the 12 tribes of Israel. And there's, there's some things he did with Joseph. No, no need to talk about all that today. But Judah's one of them. He's right in the genealogy. He's the fourth son, like, like I was. See, it's just these four sons, man, that God works with, right? So, so then, so then, just having fun. Verse three, Judah was the father of Perez and, and uh, Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. That's our first scandalous woman. We'll talk about her in a moment. Tamar, uh, uh, Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Not Solomon, but Salmon. So we have one. Now we're going to see the other three. Verse five. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. I mean, he's bringing in some scandalous women here. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Ruth is a beautiful book in the Bible, but there's scandal around Ruth. And some of us have that kind of scandal. So we'll, we'll talk about what it is. And it goes on to say, Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. And here's our four scandalous females. So it was scandal just to bring a female in, but to bring four that had scandal, that was really scandalous. And by the way, I need to mention this. Every guy in here was scandalous. You know what I mean? The guys, the guys were all scandalous. Uh, but I'm just saying to bring a woman in the genealogy and Bible days just was unheard of. Why did God do it? He wanted to show us that he exchanged our scandal for his status. And he so wanted us to see it. He said, I'm going to break every cultural thing. I'm, I'm going to break everything. And I'm going to show you where my heart's at. And I'm going to take four of the most scandalous women. And I'm going to make sure they're in the birth line of Jesus himself. That's what God wants you and I to get. So let's take a look at Tamar. Tamar represents a person who sins to right or wrong. Have ever, ever of you ever sinned to uh, right or wrong? Uh, and, and maybe not at the level Tamar did, but, you know, we call that revenge, right? Somebody does us wrong and we, we might just talk bad about them. And, and I think all of us struggle with that at times, but maybe we do something literally physically just for revenge. And she represents that kind of scandal. And her story is a fascinating story. She, she married uh, uh, Judah or Judah's son, excuse me. She married his son and this guy was evil, the Bible says, and he died. So then custom back in Bible days was the next son in line, kind of crazy custom, right? Had, had, had to make sure he gave her a baby. And that son said, no way, Jose, I'm not doing that. And he died. So then there was this third son, Judah's third son. He was too young. So Judah said to Tamar, and this was big. There's a lot of shame. They have to carry on that family name. And Judah said to Tamar, I'll tell you what. My little guy, my last one, when he gets old enough, I'll give him to you. But the Bible says, Judah thought she was cursed. And he said, there is no way she's going to kill my third son. And so he didn't do it. 
Tamar became very bitter. It's easy to become bitter. So the Bible goes on and says that Judas' wife died and he mourned a really, really long time. And one day he's out of town and Tamar thinks, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this guy. So she goes to that town, dresses up like a prostitute. The Bible doesn't hide any of these crazy things, right? She lures him in, Judah in, and Judah, after he's done, says, hey, I didn't bring any money. She said, I'll take these three items from you. And he said, all right, I'll have a guy come pay you and come back. So all that happens. And all I can think is Judah must have been, uh, you know, legally blind or something. Because, I mean, that's his daughter-in-law, right? I, don't, I can't comprehend. Maybe he hardly knew her. I don't know. But it happened, right? And so three months later, Judas brought a message. And here's what happened. Genesis 38, verse 24. About three months later, Judah was told, your daughter-in-law Tamar is guilty of prostitution, and as a result, she is now pregnant. And Judah said, bring her out and have her burned to death. Hypocrite. <laughs> you were just with a prostitute. Oh, by the way, it was her. And, 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 and now he's burned her to death. I'm just so self-righteous, right? And, and, and it's just so important to see the heart of God here. So notice verse 25. As she was being brought out, she sent a message to her father-in-law. I am pregnant by the man who owns these, she said. And she added, see if you recognize who sill and cord and staff these are. Those are the three items they were given. It's like busted. And so verse 26, listen to this. Judah recognized him and said, she is more righteous than I, since I wouldn't give her to my son Shelah. And he did not sleep with her again. And I think of this story and I think of how Tamar definitely, she crossed the line, but she said, you know what? He didn't do what he was supposed to. I'm going to sin. I'm going to cross the line to get what I want. And I know all of us, probably in much lesser ways, all of us have crossed some lines to get that revenge. And here's what God's saying to us, just like he did with Tamar. He put her in, in, in the genealogy of Jesus, man. And he's saying to you that I will exchange your scandal. I have exchanged your scandal for my status. And that's really, really exciting. Take, take a look at this next person, Rahab. Rahab represents a bad person living a sinful life. In other words, uh, Rahab was a prostitute and she did it inside the city of Jericho. And uh, she just did it. And she said, I don't care if I'm supposed to or not, I'm gonna do it. And you know, whether we're Christian or not, all of us have some areas of our life where we say, I know the Bible doesn't want me to do this, but I'm gonna do it. And we all have some areas, probably not at this level, but we all have some areas. And God's wanting to show us that, hey, you know what? No matter where you're weak, no matter where you're falling, that Jesus himself took your scandal and exchanged it for his status. So Rahab's inside the city walls and Joshua sent two spies into Jericho. He said, check it out. We're going to attack them. So they're checking it out. The king of Jericho finds out they're there. He has soldiers running them down. And Rahab says, come in here. She hides them on her roof. She lies to get the guards to go different direction. And when they're ready to leave, they say to, they say to her, they say, Rahab, when we attack, you throw this red cord out of your window and we'll tell the soldiers, anyone inside your house, gets to live. And that's just a representation of Christ, man, that she was saved because of her obedience. As a matter of fact, she made, she made Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith. Listen to this, Hebrews eleven thirty one. 31. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And it just reminds me of what happens when we accept Jesus, guys. 
I mean, by faith, we accept him. We go to heaven. We don't go to that other place. And that's absolutely amazing. Here's something else that's amazing about Rahab. Did you know that eight of Israel's prophets came from her bloodline? Eight prophets came out of her. She apparently married a Hebrew, right? After this event and after Israel conquered Jericho and eight prophets. You know, one of the prophets was Jeremiah. That's one of the big time prophets. He's, he's called a major prophet. He came out of her bloodline. And God's making a huge statement to you and I. It doesn't matter what our past is. Jesus buried our past. He exchanged our scandal for his status. And God wants you to see it. Here's the next one. This one will surprise you at first, but her name's Ruth. Ruth represents a good person disgraced by a bad family. And, and sometimes our family could really bring shame and disgrace. I remember my dad telling me his mom and dad immigrated from Italy and they moved to the Columbus, Ohio area. And his grandpa was the Don. He was the mafia Don of Columbus. And my dad was so shamed by that that he moved up here to work for his uncle up here in Trumbull County because he, he didn't want to be part of that. And all of us have some things in our family that can bring great shame. We have some family members that do things that can bring great shame. Maybe we are that family member. I was that brought our family some shame, right? You know what? She is the greatest example because Ruth was a Moabite and that nation was shamed. And the history of that nation is this. And again, God doesn't hide all the sin in the Bible. He doesn't hide the scandal. But uh, you know how God saved Lot out of Sodom? Uh, Abraham prayed and, and, and God said, all right, I'll save Lot. And he saves Lot. And then Lot's two daughters thought, we'll never get married. We'll never have kids. So one of the daughters got him drunk. And, and, and laid with him, had a baby by him. The next night, the other daughter did it and did the same thing. That's insane, right? And guess what nations came out of them? The Ammonites and the Moabites. Ruth was a Moabite. Great shame was on Ruth. But she married this Hebrew guy. And the Hebrew guy's mom was Naomi. Great book. The book of Ruth is an incredible book of redemption. So uh, her husband dies and Naomi goes, go back to your people. You don't want to come. You don't want to come to Israel. You will be a second rate citizen. You will be looked down upon. And, 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 and Ruth said, no, I'm going to stay with you. I'm not going to leave your side. And guess what happens? The Bible calls it the Kingsman Redeemer. She meets her Kingsman Redeemer. And it was a family member of Naomi that married her. And she was raised up to this incredible status. And it didn't matter what her family did. It didn't matter what her shame was. And that's what Jesus does for us, guys. He takes us wherever we're at and he picks us up. He exchanges our scandal for his status. And one of the things I prayed about for this weekend, because this is why Jesus came, right? Is I'm really believing he's going to pull shame out of a lot of people. He's going to pull shame out of people, maybe for what you did, maybe for the families you come out of, the backgrounds you come out of. He's going to full shame because Jesus took all that shame. He took everything we could ever do and he gave us his status. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. He gave me his status. I needed it. Okay. Here, here's the next one. You guys ready? Bathsheba represents a good person being pressured to do a bad thing. And uh, it's kind of like today, peer pressure can get honest, right? I, I, I accepted Jesus after I was in school, but I often thought, man, if I was a Christian in school, what would that have been like, you know? That would have been interesting. And, and I don't know what direction I would have went. I don't know if I would have been a quiet person, a boisterous, I have no idea. But even after we're out of school, isn't there still pressure amongst peers? 
pressure at work. And then isn't there that thing called pressure from the enemy, temptation? And, and sometimes we give in. Well, Bathsheba gave in. We may not give in at her level, but she gave in. Here's the story. Her husband was Uriah. He was not Israeli, but he was one of the greatest soldiers in David's army. David really loved Uriah because he was a great soldier. Well, they went off to war, but David stayed home and he's walking on the roof of his palace, which would have been higher than all the other roofs. And, and he sees Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, taking a bath. No pun intended. Bathsheba was taking a bath. He didn't bounce his eyes. And so after that event, he calls for her and she comes to the palace. I mean, she has no, no idea why he's calling. And then he said, I want you. And she should have said no, but she said yes. And a lot of times, shouldn't we say no? And we say yes, maybe not the same circumstances, but I've said yes a lot of times when I should have said no. And I think it's awesome that God put her in here, man. This is absolutely awesome. And so what happened? Well, David had her husband killed. He put him in the toughest place in the battle and, and had him killed. So David, he, he's, in the, he's in the genealogy of Jesus. He, he was a murderer. The thing about that, guys, scandal, scandal, scandal. And, so, uh, and, and then he marries her, but their first baby dies. But then they have another child, and it's Solomon, bloodline of Jesus, guys. And he becomes the wealthiest and the wisest king that ever walked on planet Earth. God's redeeming people. God's redeeming these four female people that had scandal. He's redeeming David and these guys who have scandal. Jesus exchanged our scandal for his status. And you and I should walk around smiling and being excited about it. And shame should not be any part of who we are. Whether we do it before Jesus or after Jesus, the price has been paid. And I want to close with this thought. This scripture is amazing. And uh, it's, it's Galatians 3.26. Uh, it begins, and it says, so in Christ Jesus, you're all children of God through faith. And that means when you put faith in Jesus, you were born a child of God. That's why heaven celebrates every time someone accepts Jesus. Verse 27, for all of you who were baptized into Christ or who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. This is his status. And so when you accepted him, the Holy Spirit took you. He baptized or immersed you into Christ. You and I became one with him. The Bible says we died with him. We were buried with him. We're raised with him. We're seated in heavenly places with him. And so water baptism is symbolic of what happened when you accepted Jesus. Water baptism is powerful. If you haven't been water baptized since you became a Christian, I, I'm telling you there's miracles that happen in the water when you go public with your faith. So this is the start, but listen to the next verse. Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Gentile in Christ. Now, Gentiles were every nation that wasn't Jewish. So God said, there's a Jewish nation. Every other nation is a Gentile. And he's saying, once we become Christians, God doesn't see ethnicity. He doesn't treat us according to ethnicity. I think that's incredible. It reminds me of a story. I've teased my wife our whole marriage. I stopped two years ago, just so you know. But, but just most of our marriage on this issue I don't really care I'm Italian, but I had to tease her on this. I consider myself American, but, but um, her and I are both Italian, right? Both my parents were, were from Southern Italy on the mainland, and three of Gina's grandparents were from Southern Italy on the mainland, but one was Sicilian. And in Italy, uh, we all say the Sicilians aren't really Italians, and we just make fun of Sicilians. We tease each other, and they tease us. So our whole marriage, I would say, you're not really... 100% Italian, honey. And I would just tease her and we'd, we'd go back and forth. Well, then these DNA tests came out. 
And uh, I took the ancestry DNA test and it came back and the test came back. She didn't take it yet. I took it first. Uh, she did take it eventually, but not when I took it. And I am only 70% Italian. And when she saw that, she went crazy on me. I'm 23% Arab. And I, I know you knew that, right? And 7% and Persian. And that's how it is. If you're from that part of the world, uh, the Arabs ruled the peninsula before it was Italy. The Persians ruled it before it was Italy. And so there's mixed blood. But she's making fun of me. I said, you got to take this test. you got to take this test. So she takes it. Hers comes back. And she's 90% Italian. <laughs> Whoa. She's happy about that to this day. So now I can't tease, now she teases me. She tells everybody, Joe's not 100% Italian. Which, which again, I don't care. We just have fun with it. But, but guys, listen, listen. There is neither Jew. I cared before I was 70%, right? No. <laughs> there, there is neither Jew nor Gentile. I, I have this vision for the body of Christ. And I see it here at Believers. And I want to see it more and more in our community. That's why a bunch of us pastors are getting together of all ethnicities. We're getting together. We're praying. We're going through that a community prayer uh, book. And we're just believing God to break down every barrier because that's the heart of God. He wants it inside these four walls, but he also wants it outside these four walls. Listen to this. There's neither slave nor free. That's your, our social status. And in Christ, he says, I don't, I don't look at your social status. We're all equal in Christ. Ethnicity, it doesn't matter. Social status doesn't matter. So you can have a poor widow woman and a wealthy female businesswoman, and in Christ, God sees us all the same. And I love to see people interact and hang out. Social status should mean nothing to us. And I like this next one. Uh, nor is there male and female. Now, male and female matter. I mean, I, I'm glad there's women, right? It matters, right? It matters. But in Christ, the Bible teaches us that we're all equal. You know what? When a woman or when a man accepts Jesus as Savior, he clothes both, both of us with his righteousness. And he seats all of us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And God's wanting us to see the miracle that happened when he gave us his status, took all of our scandal. Listen to how this finishes out. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And I wish I had time to go up and talk about Abraham's seed. You, you, you belong uh, to, to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The very blessings and promises that God made to Abraham have come on you and I if we've accepted Jesus. So guys, I'm gonna ask you a question. Are you excited? Are you happy? TCI guys, are you happy that God took our scandal and he exchanged it for his status? And I think we should all give God a yay. Man, we're excited. Thank you, God. That's amazing. That's my Christmas scandal message. All right. Now, I'm just excited because I really feel God is doing a work in many people's hearts right now. He's pulling shame out of people right now. And you might have shame because of what someone else did to you. You might have shame because of a family that you've come out of or maybe an event that is public concerning your family. You might have shame because of some of your failures, some of your mistakes. And from this day forward, I hope this phrase sticks with you. I hope you remember that Jesus exchanged your scandal for his status, his righteousness, his holiness, his blamelessness. And I am convinced, I, actually I can prove it in the Bible, you and I will never walk free 
until we realize we are free and we've been set free. And that is something that you and I can rejoice over. So let's pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Father, I did my best to teach this part of the Bible. As always, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who makes things come alive. We thank you for opening up our hearts and our eyes. And Father, I thank you for every precious person in this room. And as we bow our heads, our hearts are also open, Lord. And I ask you, pour your love, pour your peace into every person in this room. Father, I ask you, pull shame out of them right now. Pull shame out of those that have any shame whatsoever. Lord, open up our eyes to this incredible truth. Thank you for putting scandalous people in the genealogy, Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you for showing us our past doesn't matter. All that matters is what we did with Jesus and where Jesus is taking us. And I thank you for making that really, 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 really real to each and every one of us, Lord. So guys, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Stay in an attitude of prayer. And we talk about Jesus. I mean, there's no message more powerful than Jesus coming to the earth and then growing up and dying for us. He died so we can live. You know, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to God unless they go through me. That's what Jesus taught. He said, whoever believes in me will not perish, but receive everlasting life. That's amazing. And right now, I'm asking you a question. I'm not asking you to join our church. I am not asking you to join a religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking if you came in believing God existed, not sure if he existed. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. Here's what I'm asking. What have you done with Jesus? Almost everyone in America knows who he is intellectually. I did. I grew up knowing who he was intellectually. But then there came a day where I saw him as the Savior. And I'm believing that's happened in some of your hearts right now. And I said, Jesus, I receive you. I believe you're the Savior, and I, I make you the Lord of my life, and I'm going to follow you. And a miracle happened. It always happens. That miracle always takes place. So those of you that are listening, if you're listening and saying, I can't remember a day when that happened, but I'm ready today. Would you pray with me right now? Guys at TCI, you too. Live streamers, you too. The rest of us here, would you pray right now? And the rest of us, can we help them pray? Just say this after me. If you're praying it for the first time, simply mean it. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a savior. This day, I repent of all my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. You died for my sins and the sins of the entire world. I believe you came out of that grave and this day I make you Lord of my life. I accept you as savior and I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.